What's up, friends and family? Got a great interview with some amazing people. With loss and darkness, there's also light. This is episode number 42 of the Keep Reading Podcast. Here we go! Welcome to the Keep Breathing Podcast, where we talk about real life and share real hope, one conversation at a time. My name is Jimmy Akers, and it's a privilege, it's an honor to have the opportunity to share with you today, for me to be on this side of the microphone and you on that side of the speakers or headphones or however you're listening. Thank you so much for joining us today. Man, this episode, this interview is several years in the making. Some dear friends of mine, Matt and Jamie Butcher, taking the time to share just a little bit of their story and I'm excited for you to hear it. And we're just we're going to talk about some hard things. But we're also going to talk about God doing some amazing things in the midst of that. And so I just pray that their story would be an encouragement to you. And a lot of you have dealt with loss in different ways and may be able to relate with different parts of their story. But even in the midst of all of that, there's also some purpose that has come out of that and some light that has broken through the darkness in the midst of it. So I'm not going to give you a long intro today because our conversation is a good amount of time and man, I'm just so thankful that they took the time to share it and this is just a chapter and they're sharing kind of a chapter of their life, but I know it's going to be an encouragement to you and uh, just to share the way that God has even used this season of things that they definitely would not have chosen. And I've shared this thought before, but it was true for them too, that they definitely wouldn't have chosen to walk this thing out but God has done some things in the midst of it and some pretty powerful thoughts um, with them sharing about the loss of their son and just a lot of different things. And so thank you so much again for checking out the Keep Breathing podcast for our new friends, for those that have been riding with us for a long time. Thank you so much for continuing on this journey with us. If you haven't already done so, you can go ahead and share it. You can write and review it on whatever platform that you listen to, and that just helps the algorithm to share it with more people. If you want to join us on this journey, don't do lifealone.com. Click on missions. You can give a one-time gift or become a monthly missions partner, helping us share hope with the world one conversation at a time. So thank you so much. So I'm not going to delay. We're going to go ahead and jump into this interview. And uh, so, yeah, I just pray that it would be a blessing to you. And here are my dear friends, Matt and Jamie. I am so excited to have my brother and sister, my friends, Matt and Jamie Butcher here. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to come and hang out. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you. And I know, uh, Jamie, we've talked about this uh, for a while now, about eventually kind of having you guys come share your story on the podcast. And Mm -hmm. as life does, there's been plenty of (laughs) in-between for us to get here for you guys being here. Yes. (laughs) But this uh, feels like it's a good time. So I just want to kind of share how I met you guys. So um, I'm a part of First Christian Church, and a couple of years ago, we brought in this amazing rock star of a preschool director named Laura Patel, and Laura came here to open this preschool uh, with us at the church, and I got to meet a lot of amazing people, and you guys came along in that process, and your son Elijah, and you guys started coming to the preschool and bringing him here. And uh, I'm one of the pastors at the church, and we kind of have this thing we committed to from the very beginning, is that every morning, uh, some of us, if not all of us, stand outside for the 45 minutes to an hour, greeting all of the family. So I got to meet you guys, and with Elijah, I got to uh, experience all of his many faces and moods and how long it took us to get to high fives with him. (laughs) And so you guys started coming, and uh, what was your, you knew Laura before you started coming here? Did you know her beforehand? Yes, we had actually, Elijah had been at her previous preschool okay. um, a year or so before, and so we knew who she was, and when we found out she was going to be here, um, I actually helped with some of the design selections for the preschool and got connected that way and saw how wonderful the pastors were in the process and um, knew without a doubt that we wanted Elijah going here, so... Yeah. So, yeah, so it was cool. And, um, but I, you guys just kind of share a little bit of your origin story about how you guys came to be Matt and Jamie Butcher. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So, I was uh, helping out with the youth group in North Fort Myers at the uh, North Fort Myers United Methodist. And 
we got word that we were going to merge. Maybe there wasn't any word at this point. Maybe it was just like, hey, we're going to start doing things together with First United Methodists on the south side of the river. And and uh, I remember uh, uh, I opened up the door and I saw Jamie and I'm just like, you know, I hadn't, you know, I had been down in Florida for a few years and I just hadn't seen anything like it yet. And I like, she had a big old smile and I was just like, you know. <laughs> Like, that was yeah. it. Yeah, that take was, my breath away came in the back oh. in the background. That was it for me. Yeah, yeah. so that's awesome. And Jamie, what was your experience on that well, other side? Yeah, I was working with the youth group at the other church, and so um, there was a youth night at his church, and so I, you know, we drove up, and I'm like walking up to this new place and this whole new group of kids, and um, with our kids as well. But um, he had like just pulled up in his big work truck because you know, big old tank of a truck and he gets out and opens the door, has his ball cap on. And I was intrigued, like, who's this guy? You know, this is interesting. So, um, yeah, it was cool. It was, there was definitely, he's quiet. So there was a lot of loitering going on after meetings. Like we'd have, we'd have, you know, volunteer meetings and all of this. And he'd kind of hang out in the back or I'd be singing and he'd be sitting there watching. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, he keeps kind of following me around. Like, <laughs> And uh, then there were text messages that followed that in Target afterwards, you know. And so it was, it was good stuff. Those are good times. <laughs> when did you guys get married? Uh, March twenty fourth, two thousand and twelve. Two thousand and twelve. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, ten years ago, a little over yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. That's awesome. It's been a journey. Mm-hmm. So then you start making babies. Mm-hmm. Eventually, and Elijah comes along. And so when, I'm trying to think, is it two years in? Do you guys meet at the preschool? So Elijah was there just the one year. year. He was there one full year because he was in BPK. Then then you guys started coming to the church because I was then the children's pastor because I remember him moving up. I think he had just moved up. Yes. Into from from being downstairs to being upstairs. Mm -hmm. And we were doing summer camp and all of that as well. So then I remember uh, being at the school, and this is going to take a quick turn here, uh, but I remember being at the school and Laura running in that something had happened to Elijah. Hmm. And, uh, and it, it, it felt like we were you know, developing a relationship with you guys. Hmm. And uh, I remember like when she ran into the room, I was in the, I think I was getting ready. I don't know if I was getting ready for chapel that day or something. I was in the gathering room in... Um, the preschool mm. and then Laura said something happened to Elijah and they called Gary mm. and so and then I did and um, do you want to tell that just a little bit of that yeah it was Halloween 2019 so coming up on uh, three years real quick here yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah uh, Elijah had been struggling with a what the doctors were calling, you know, it was like asthma that we were trying to manage, um, just asthma s- symptoms, but he was having some other things going on and we, um, the doctors and we couldn't, we didn't really figure out what was, what it was. And, um, that morning he had, uh, basically passed out of my arms before school. And, uh, he was at Bayshore elementary going to kindergarten at that point. Um, and I didn't know what was wrong. Uh, nothing like this had ever happened before. And so I called 911. And uh, the ambulance came, and I thought they would just be able to, you know, fix everything. And uh, of course, I'm calling Matt and my mom. Yeah, I had actually got on uh, the interstate. Uh, I was training a new job at the time, and, and uh, she had. She had uh, called me and and we we're talking through like what had happened at this point, you know, and it was which we really didn't know what was going on. I did not know what was going on, and and I remember like I still have a good relationship with the guy that was training me because like he was listening to what the tones and everything, and he was already getting off the interstate, and it's just like he had already like called my boss, told him that we're turning around right now. Matt's got to go, you know, because at that point I was just like, I think two weeks in on a new job, so it was yeah. 
like you know when I actually yeah. ended up getting uh, behind the ambulance very quickly. You guys caught up with it. Yeah. I mean, In just logistically, truck, yeah. I was just yeah. my work was right there, and yeah. I just when I pulled out, there's the noise. You yeah. know, there's the there's yeah, my wife and my boy. Wow, I didn't know that detail. Yeah. And, uh, but when we were, I'll try to keep it together, but when we were in the ambulance, um, you don't have to keep it together. It's okay. <laughs> um, so I like hear them in the back, like, you know, do helping, trying to help him and, um, his heart had stopped. And so I had no idea, um, I had no control or no idea what was going on at that point. Um, I thought we were dealing with like a breathing or lung issue. I had no idea that it was. Because they were trying to treat it for asthma. Yeah. And we had like been to the doctor just the day before and had him like thoroughly checked and uh, felt like we were doing everything that we should do. Um, so this was just all so sudden. And uh, I just, I just remember I kept praying, you know, like, God, what do I do? And um, just asking him for help, you know. I'm talking to Elijah in the back, and, um, yeah, so we got to the hospital, and we're just hoping that they could get everything under control, but, um, you know, we found out that he was, the emergency room doctor told us, you know, he's very sick, and they were going to have to airlift him, and, um, we were looking at a heart transplant kind of situation, and they didn't know what was going, like, what was causing it, um, but before he was airlifted, his heart stopped again, and they couldn't they couldn't get him back. And so it was like within three hours, we had, we had him and lost him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the thing is, is I think you know, as abruptly as their conversation turned to that, that was how that day went. Yeah. There was no is. time. There was no time to. There was nothing was anybody so else could have done, and there yeah. was nothing else that, that could be done. And you know, the truth is, is that there are a lot of people that have those kind of intersections in their life. Mm. And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you could have done to change the situation. And, but dealing with the loss of a child, you know, for most people, it's probably one of the hardest losses. I can imagine for some people, a spouse may be up there. For some people, maybe a parent. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that listen to our podcast that have walked through loss. And, um, and it's a hard, it's a hard thing. And, but with you guys, and I don't even know how, um, but I watched a lot of the love that you guys were kind of showing people and just getting to know you individually. I watched the community just rally around you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, in a way that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen it since. I've never seen anything like that. And I think that some of that was because of your interaction with other people. I think that was some of that may have had to do with season of life with people that you had around. You had some amazing people around you that just decided to carry some of the weight. Um, And then I think, well, I don't think I know that part of it was a lot of people got to see God's love on display Mm. in a tangible way, in a way that they had never seen before. And uh, there's no doubt that you would not choose that path for people to experience that. But that is a little bit of the redemptive work that started with your loss. And um, I know a lot of people that have passed away in my life. And I don't know that I've been impacted in the way that I was with Elijah's Mm. passing. And... uh, you know, the Bible talks about to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there's a lot of different theological perspectives on the dead in Christ will rise first. Do we go to a chill place for a little while to transition? Mm-hmm. But I just hold on to the death that, you know, it talks about that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just imagine Elijah hanging out with Jesus. Absolutely, yeah. And um, 
but to know that even in his death, his legacy, there's not a whole lot of five-year-old boys that have a legacy, <laughs> but he's got a legacy. He does. <laughs> and, and it's amazing how God has used that to impact so many people. And so I appreciate you guys being willing to share a little bit of that. And, um, you know, walking with a lot of people through loss and mourning, you know, there's a pretty common thing I've heard from a lot of, especially preachers, that it doesn't get easier, you just get stronger. Mm. And uh, I actually saw a visual for the first time looking at this thing from this counseling center and they showed this spot and they showed like if you were the person it was a circle and then it showed grief and it kind of was over top of the spot and they said what people think is that the grief gets smaller but then it showed the image that actually the grief is there but you grow around it mm. and uh, you guys have definitely experienced a lot of growth some that you may not have wanted to yeah. have happen and um, but hard things do grow us and losses do grow us. And so share a little bit about this thought and this, this thing that you guys have that you're doing with the dwelling place project and kind of like your heart behind that initially. Mm-hmm. And then how God kind of used this intersection as a catalyst for you to create spaces for people to heal and to, and to grow. I think um, the loss of Elijah, you know, Matt calls it like a tether. Like, it's like we have a tether to heaven, you know? Mm. Like, there's just this total flip. Like, the before and the after of that loss is like this eternal, this great eternal perspective. Like, sure, we can get lost in the day-to-day. Like, we're not above that at all. But there's like, you know, when you most of our days are just rooted in that like eternal perspective like what really matters and so it kind of just like it's, it becomes this filter of like what are we doing here what is you know what are we doing this for like what what's the purpose of this and like what are we doing this work for like what is our life going to be about what are our kids lives going to be about you know because it's all this we're working towards this eternity with our family whole again mm. Uh, so we talk about that a lot. And so that, that has changed us and grounded us uh, multiple times, I'd say. And, um, yeah, it's like as a mom, it's like you got you already got like a piece of your heart in heaven, literally. Like he's, you know, in the womb and then like just like his soul was, you know, living in me. So it's like, well, and surely like part of me is there, you know. It sure. feels like there's just part of me there. And I know Matt feels the same. Um, so that's been life changing that just that filter and that perspective and we, you know, how to share that with the boys because yeah, your other two sons. Yeah. With Luke and Silas, they're twins and they were a year old at the time. And so they don't remember any of that. We want them to remember like the good and the legacy of Elijah and, you know, like the legacy of just like how much we loved him and who he was as a big brother and how much he loved them and all of those things. And so you know, just kind of, um, I mean, dwelling place was kind of a, I've been doing interior design for, I don't know, it feels like I'm not good with this. Yeah, quite a few years, three to eight, five years. Ten, yeah, eight, yeah. yeah, eight or ten years total doing this design stuff. And so I get into these people's homes and, you know, I'm all about like making the home reflect who they are as a family. And then you that brings like conversations like deep rich good conversations where it's not about design anymore it's about like life as a family and what your goals are and um just kind of you know what your life's about and so I've always had a heartbeat for that like I like to just sit down and have like basically counseling appointments I've called it design therapy before because it's (laughs) like that's what it turns into is like you know deep conversations about these things and you develop friendships with people and so I always wanted to have like the professional design portion but then like there was something in my heart that just wanted to like really get into like well how can we like help like pray over that family help that family you know rise up and maybe do things better that they've been struggling with or they've seen marriage modeled in their own life you know a particular way that could actually be done better but they just don't know any different you know and Matt and I have had our share of marriage issues, which is a big part of why, um, 
we wanted to, you know, start this dwelling place project in honor of Elijah, you know, instead of um, his heart condition. I'm like just kind of bubbling with words right now, but his heart condition ended up being something that was genetic, not something Matt and I had. And the praise God, the boys don't have it either. It was an he was an anomaly, but um, it wasn't his DNA. It was cardiomyopathy. So he ended up that there was like no. He would have had a different life track had we have caught it, and you know, there's a lot of questions and processing that goes along with that, but. Um, when you think about how to honor him in his life, this just seemed like the most organic, natural trek for us to take. He loved people being together. He loved time with the family, adventure. Um, he was just a big, I know he'd be cheering us on doing what we're doing, helping other families, like his friends, parents, you know, engage with their kids and, and engage as a family. Like, I know that he would be rooting for that and all over that. So. Yeah. Um, it feels good to be, you know, doing that kind of work and then that big high five that we're going to get in heaven when we see him again. Um, well, and I so. just, I've, since you said it, I've been thinking, I've been listening to you. The good thing is we're recording it so I can go back and listen to every detail of what you said. <laughs> but I, my mind has still been attached to having a tether to heaven with mm-hmm. Elijah. And that when you when you when you first said that what did you feel like what what made what, what was the thing that like what, what was your what was your what were you process i'm trying to figure out how to articulate this question but like well there's a lot of people say they're anchored by something and, and i mean it in a good way like i'm anchored by you know sure god's my anchor or something like that you know yeah. and it's kind of like when i think about that it's kind of like well you're you're stationary and you know it's like sometimes an anchor can be you know something you have to drag, you know, something you're holding you back, back, resistance and stuff. And so like, like, like a tether is just like, it's just like when you get that balloon way up there in the sky or that kite when you're a kid, you know, it got so far up, you and almost get vertigo because it's so far up and you start feeling the high winds on it. And it's just like, but you're holding on, you know, as a father and a mother, you just, you're never going to let that go. And it's, it's okay because it's on, it's on a trajectory and what we see as like humans is like heavens in the skies. Right. So it's like, yeah, you know, and, and I remember in the hospital when, uh, when he was, uh, leaving, I, I just, I felt that, yeah, I felt that tug, the pull, uh, on, on the soul, you know, that it, that it was just something that it was it was a feeling in the hospital actually and I just kind of went to articulation on that you know and and it was just something that that was the driving force for me and I told that to Jamie you know it was just like that's it's not something that's going to weigh us down it didn't feel like that I mean it was yeah shocking and and like all the descriptors of like gut wrenching and you know, all that stuff, you know, compacted into like one, like atomic bomb feeling, but it was just like, I felt there was like God had answered the call because I remember praying as he left, like God take him and I'm letting him go to you and I know you're receiving him right now. Mm. You know, it's not the cinematic like you know, I saw the heavens open, et cetera, yeah, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. But it was that feeling of letting him go as a father here on the earth. And I knew I could sense that he was being received. Yeah. You know, and it was just. It's a powerful thought. So that tether is kind of like, like, I know my belief is God's not going to work the way I can put in human, you know, words, but like. Like, I feel like that was my, like, okay, son, you relinquish this control to me, so here's this tether, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I just had this visual, though. I was thinking about, I remember after you had had the twins, with Elijah pushing the <laughs> stroller into, into CP, into yeah. the preschool. And I remember how proud he looked. Yeah. 
He had a full year. Full like, year. And he didn't, and he, there was times he didn't want you to have your hand on it. Oh, yeah. I remember he'd be like, he wanted to push it. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the tether thing, I just, like, the, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speak anti-biblical here. But, you know, we already have a connection to heaven with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it's like, there's this part of me that feels like <laughs> that maybe there's times where, like, I'm, when Jesus was on the boat and there's a storm mm-hmm. and he's sleeping he's sleeping because he's God and he's not worried about the storm but the fishermen that are used to being on the sea when it's, it's bad clearly thought it was bad enough that they're going to die so it had to be a bad storm mm-hmm. and they wake him up why are you sleeping we're about to die and Jesus got out on the boat and he, he told the wind and the waves to stop that's the God that we have a connection to in heaven but I wonder sometimes if maybe there's times in our life, and maybe in y'all's family, where there's moments where God knows you're going to get through this storm, whatever the storm is, whatever the situation is. And I could just imagine Elijah be like, come on, Jesus, throw him another bone. Yeah. <laughs> like, like almost like you got a double tether. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? And I don't know. It's just ever since ever since you said that, Jamie, that the tether thing that Matt shared, I don't know. You know, I, I, I kind of look at it this way. I, I think I even explained it, like, Jamie, like, I think I told her one day in the kitchen at Willis Dream where we used to live, I was like, I want to be good. I want to be better because, it, like, that feeling of, like, God can't be in the presence of sin. So, like, like if I'm following him and truly, like, making God proud that maybe Elijah we'll get a glimpse he'll let him see mm. some of the beautiful things yeah and then cut screen when <laughs> yeah I, so I do my thing sure you know sure. like when I when I do my human thing you know yeah that's a powerful thought man and you know what loss and processing it I think makes us think about life differently for so many reasons mm. it makes us think about eternity differently because eternity then isn't just this place out there somewhere. And then from our faith perspective, it's like, yeah, he's in the hands of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should be jealous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that we, don't, we mourn, but we don't mourn as those who have no hope, as scripture says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely, even though there's been a lot of amazing things that have come with Elijah's life and his death, it's still... A loss mm-hmm. on this side. I've done a lot of funerals, and being a pastor, I get to do a lot of funerals for a lot of people. But when I get to do a funeral from with a family that is a hundred percent confident that their husband or wife or daughter or son or whatever was a believer, and obviously no doubt with children, yeah. a thousand percent that they're with the Lord. And sometimes I say this, and I don't know who I heard it from. I'm sure somebody smarter than me. Or whatever. I heard somebody say this at some point at a funeral, but there's occasionally times where I'll say that it's an honor to transfer their membership from earth to heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and the truth is, is that uh, we're missing out. You know, but God has us here in this season for a reason. And even with that season of Elijah's life, to know how many people would be impacted, you wouldn't choose that path. But now God's going to use. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that come, has come since then. So, the Dwelling Place Project, this desire to want to create space. And I can appreciate that being a pastor. I can appreciate that no matter what conversation I'm having, it always leans in that direction, even when they don't know I'm a pastor. And uh, I like it sometimes when they don't know right out of the gate. Sometimes for some people, it'll open up more if they do. But some people, they'll, they're more closed off because mm-hmm. they, they want to be honest. They don't want to tell the truth. I used to love it. We had a recovery group at my church in Pennsylvania, and I'd go to dinner. There would always be somebody new, and we'd, we'd go to dinner afterwards, and they just think I'm somebody there. And uh, they just, they're telling all their stories. And they're saying it how they would say it to anybody else. And then somebody in the recovery group says, Hey, by the way, it's Pastor Jimmy. And I was like, What? You didn't tell me he was a pastor? Oh, all the things I said. I said, I, I said, I'll continue to be me if you'll continue to be you. And I said, and he said, yeah, but if I would have known you were a man of the cloth or you were a man of God, I wouldn't have talked like that. And I'm like, well, if you would have talked like that, anyways, God already knows, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. 
And I said, but you know what? He loves you as you are. The cool thing is he, does, he doesn't leave us there. And so this development in you guys with the loss of Elijah, dwelling place, and now you have this thing called the gathering house. Mm-hmm. And so share a little bit of the vision with, with that and how we got here. Because I know part of the dwelling place is for you guys to have a, a place for people to go to stay and to rest and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and part of that vision is for someone that's not necessarily here in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, more like in the mountains area or whatever. So how do we get to the gathering house? What's the, what's the story behind that? So um, I shared with my small group, Emmaus, the, the ladies that I was doing walking life with when all of this happened. Um, it was like, uh, I had this feeling and this call in my heart that I was supposed to like build a house for Elijah. And I just thought like, what? Like, what do you know? I mean, my love language is like homes, design, right? All of this. So it kind of makes sense, but it was like, I just wanted something I think tangible mm-hmm. is really what my soul was craving is like something tangible that would remind me of him that would like, let me just be enveloped in hint and things of, you know, things that reminded me of him, things that he loved the football field outside. Like I pictured this, you know our house has always been like black, (laughs) like our, um, we're like definitely like Carolina's people, but we're living in Florida. And so we had like the woodsy black house in North Fort Myers. (laughs) Like it's just kind of been, um, like our signature thing and now gathering house is black. But anyway, I love it by the way, being a man that likes to wear black every day. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate that. (laughs) But, um, so it just pictured like this, you know, Matt and I had, um, try not to ramble here, but we had gone up probably the June or July before Elijah passed and we had like rented a Jeep. We were having like a, you know, like a, just him and I retreat kind of weekend. It was like four days or whatever. Um, and we rented a Jeep and we were like driving around and we were thinking like, man, wouldn't it be so cool to bring the boys up here? Like to, to live one day, they could be on property and exploring, you know, we always did vacations there and we have so many pictures of Elijah in the streams. And we think of that, like when I think of him in heaven, I think of him like, walking through the streams with his big walking stick and his shirt off. Like there's this Mm. picture in my head. Like that's what he's experiencing is these like pure, beautiful streams. Um, the time we spent in black mountain. Yeah. With my parents. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like first big, like adventures in the cold waters. That's cool. And you just saw like a different, you know, you see your kids alive, just really alive. Yeah. Just really loving life. Um, so those are like really sweet moments that we had. And so, you know, after we, after Elijah passed, it was like, I wanted, I had this feeling that I just wanted to build this house and invite people to it. And, you know, it'd be a place of healing and respite and like unplugging from the the chaos of the world. And, and so that's still like a dream that's like rooted in, rooted in our hearts, you know, is that area and, and that, that vision. Um, but it wasn't, time to do it yet it, it didn't all make sense it wasn't lining up and we had like this amazing community that surrounded us here and we needed that community for this season you know like we couldn't just go up there and be alone like it wasn't the time to do that and so there was a lot of reasons that it just wasn't time to do that and so we're holding on to that you know but um for when the time is right but for now um I was looking it was like a mentally mental health decision for me to go back to work full time instead of doing the part time thing. And so we like committed as a family, like Jamie's going, you know, I'm going back to work, needed to find an office space that wasn't my minivan because I was just like working in my minivan and it wasn't really flying. The AC wasn't working. (laughs) Like there was just a lot going on. And so I started looking for office space and we found this like beautiful little cottage downtown with the front porch. It just felt very like soulful like if a house had soul it had soul you know and uh it's way too big for what I needed for design and we've got this like we've got this vision for this retreat center in our hearts and then the need for the office for design and so I'm like okay who else you know can we partner with collaborate with that can use this space with us and like nothing was really working out and then we thought well what if we just did here what we were going to do in South Carolina what if we just tried to do that work here somehow I mean I'm super creative like too much for my own good sometimes <laughs> Jimmy and I talk about that but um you know so this that's where this all just started happening you know we didn't the the big house is going to be Elijah's house like that's what we anticipate calling the the big house but 
this is gather. We decided on gathering house because it's what we're doing here. You know, we're gathering and doing life together off social. I feel like people in our generation are just so like they think they have friends or they feel like they have friends because they've got people that they're following and keeping up with. And but the truth is, like, we need face to face community, like, to do life for real. Um, and so this is just a place that nobody has to clean up to come to. Like, we'll just keep that prepared and ready and, you know, prayed over so that when people come in there, there's like beautiful things that happen, you know, whether it's small groups meeting, men's groups, women's groups. Jimmy just did a beautiful creative kids workshop there that was way beyond like what we thought it it was awesome. It was so cool. I think I mean, it even I put it blew his... I'm probably a little bit, a little bit uh, biased in that, but it, it it far surpassed my expectations. I've seen so... some video. It was it was stellar. It yes. was awesome. Well, and the feedback yeah. that we got from everybody. But, you know, the thing is, is that I could use a room here mm-hmm. at the church, and I was planning to initially, because um, I thought about it years ago before the gathering house was the gathering house. Um, but, but the space that you guys created created room for some of this stuff that happened mm. you know and um and, and part of it is what made it special you know is so space does matter sometimes mm. you know and so um i love how god's used that and then even as recent as the hurricane that just happened in the last couple of weeks mm. and being there and you guys feeding hundreds of people multiple nights in a row and handing out supplies to people that had needs and just seeing the community come together like, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I was like, sometimes I see churches, not just our church, but other church, try to plan outreaches, and they got like three people that want to help do it. You know, and then you guys have the, these volunteers are like, well, we'll cook, we'll do this, we'll do that, and everybody there is like from a place of joy, just standing there handing stuff out, and like it was just like, you know, you're fostering that that vision is becoming tangible, and not just in the place and the people. Hmm. And uh, I had an interview two days ago that's going to be this weekend. You guys are going to be the following weekend's episode. Okay. And, um, but he was talking about that they're in central Florida. And uh, they've had a really, really hard last 18 months. A lot of things have happened. But they had, um, they had the most rain that's ever hit where they were at ever. And Hurricane Irma five years ago was the worst rain. But this time there's a slough there that overflowed into their house. Hmm. And they had feet of water outside of their house, and uh, and he makes the point, and he said this, uh, which people will be listening to this interview after Les's interview, Doctor Harden's interview, but he said that in the moment, at one point, he said, "God, I don't see you in this. Hmm. I don't see you in this." And uh, but then he said, "When you come to the end of yourself, you meet Jesus through His people." Hmm. And, you know, you guys experienced that when Elijah passed away. And then you wanted to create more space for other people to experience that. Mm-hmm. And then you are. It, and God's doing that. I mean, he's bringing the, some of those things tangibly to life in and through you. And it's a, it's a pretty incredible, pretty incredible thing. And, you know, the thing is, is that, and I don't know if it's just me being a dude, but just the way that I'm wired. I'm a very creative person, but because of losses in my life. There are some things that don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Like if it was up to me, our house would have nothing on the walls. Like we'd have a bed and a couch. <laughs> and like, because because that's just the way that I process things. Even though I'm a creative person. Mm-hmm. My living experience, because I was at one point living in a closet at the mission. Like mm. I could live in a van down by the river by myself if I was by myself. Literally, I really legitimately could. Um, but the thing is, is like the space... And I love my house. I'm so thankful for it. It's the first time I've ever owned a house ever. But it's crazy. I didn't get there until I went through loss to, to, to get to get it. Hmm. So, but spaces are not my thing. Like I don't, I don't need it. But I can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But when I look at the Bible and you see even God with the temple, I mean, there was very specific instructions yes. for how us to be constructed. So even though for me, I'm like, God, let's just hang out. But when the temple was the temple, he said, yeah, we're going to hang out, but only certain people are going to do certain things. And this is the way it's going to look. And this is, we're going to have craftsmen put these things together. And, you know, so I, even appreciation for your design and mm. the way that you think and process. So I can walk into 
the gathering house. Now I appreciate it because it's black, you know, because I like I like <laughs> Johnny color. Cash. I like it's black. Yeah, but you know the thing is, is that I like the outside of it. Um, but it's funny to me because even the way the building looks outside, mm-hmm. it looks like it's in the, in the mountains. It almost doesn't look like it's supposed to be where it's at to me. I know there's old houses there, but they're all different designs down that row. Yeah. But when I see that house, I'm like, I can picture this up north, like the way that it looks. And when I walk in, there's an, I, can, I can appreciate that. But spaces matter to God. So he can work in a prison like he did for Paul and Silas where there's no beautiful sound system or fog machines or whatever like that. But he also creates, there's also spaces. And even the Bible talks about that. It talks about, like, I go to prepare a place for you. Yes. Like there's intentionality behind that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that being a value for you, it's a value to God, too. Mm-hmm. There's probably some people that walk into the gathering house, too, that have desires of what they would love to have as a space to rest in. And they get to experience a little bit of that when they go there. Because maybe their house, they're not able to do that yet. So... Yeah, hopefully it sparks some, you know, something in them that they're like, I see myself here, you know? Like, yeah. I see some of my creations here. Like, like, like there's something, like, I want a men's group, or I, I want to be a part of something, or like, hey, there's a kitchen now. So, like, like yeah. I'm into Yeah, there that. is a like, kitchen now. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. cool. The you cabinets know, like, just went in this week. That's awesome. Like, I'm but comfortable here. This, these are things that, I want. Like, yeah. you know, I that's, hope people feel when they come in. Yeah. yeah. Is that they're comfortable there. Because we never want it to feel, like, stuffy, you know? Like, yeah. even though I love design, it's more about, like, we just... It's a hospitality thing. It's, like, a welcoming and invitational thing to be comfortable, to to open up. You know, there's the Bible verses, Matthew 5, that's kind of, you know, kept us going through all of this. It's, like, keep open house. It's the message version, you know, be generous with your lives. And in that... Um, you know, people will open up to God. And so it's a neat, um, but that whole keep open house is like, you know, keeping, staying transparent, like transparency and sharing and like being open with your struggle or, you know, just being open and honest about like, this is hard. And I think a lot of people have walked alongside us have said like, you've just like let us into it, Mm. you know, and that, like, I think there is a way that it seems to, feels very natural to just like like close off close up yeah you know but something that like just in the way that we process it's not right or wrong but we just kind of like let everybody into it you know because it was like felt too heavy to do on our own you know that was that immediate call to you and gary like and you show up at the hospital it's like immediately it was like we can't do this alone we need help like this is too heavy to carry by ourselves and so you know not just loss, but lots of things, you know, uh, grief in other ways and, and struggles through life. You know, this is, um, we're not built to do it alone. Yeah. It's not something you say every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, don't do life alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is too, is I remember us taking, so I, I remember Trunk or Treat and you guys being here for Trunk or Treat, <coughs> which wasn't Excuse on me. Halloween night. It was yeah, it was before Halloween, but I remember that Halloween night, and we went and raiding with uh, some of our family from D's, D's side of the family, and we were walking, and uh, I just told D as we were walking, I was like, this doesn't feel right, mm. <laughs> like it didn't feel right to me at the time, and but just that thought of like, and I saw all these people post on Facebook that know you guys that started to hear Mm-hmm. about what was happening that didn't say what what happened but just said hold your babies tighter tonight hold your you know mm-hmm. and all these people were collectively mourning with you and grieving with you which is a kingdom thing you know the bible talks about we mourn with those who mourn and i got to watch that happen with so many people but the other thing is that the bible talks about and this is really hard when we think about it with in regards to relationships but our entire life with God is about stewardship. And you guys stewarded Elijah well while he was in your hands physically. Mm-hmm. And we know God's going to steward him well. Yes. But none of us are promised anything. Like we're not promised tomorrow. James talks about that. Life is but a vapor. 
And when it comes to stewardship, and I'm just going to affirm you both in this. You can take it for what it's worth. I feel like you have stewarded Elijah's life and his death and story in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And nobody wants to have to do that. But other people are going to be in heaven because of him and because of y'all. And marriages are going to be healed because of him and because of y'all. And kids are going to get better parents because of him and because of y'all. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that don't still don't know community yet, mm-hmm. but they haven't run into the butchers. <laughs> and they haven't experienced the gathering house. And they haven't experienced it. And when I think of stewardship, and I've heard pastors say this for years, they typically do it around offering time. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to give to the Lord. It's not yours anyways. You're supposed to manage it for Jesus. Not at our church, by the way. But previous <laughs> experiences. Uh, I love that about our church. That uh, we just say, hey, man, if you want to continue to be a part of what God's doing here, you know, thank you for your faithful giving. It's super mm-hmm. simple at our church. But I, I grew up in churches where the offering was its own message. And um, literally. Yes. And um, that's another podcast. But <laughs> my point in saying all of that is that right out of the gate, when you started talking about and you had your first evening under the stars thing, and you just start talking about it, like, I just want people to experience this. I want people to have this. I want people to have it in their own life, not just come to an event, but experience this in this, their home. And you sharing with me, I'm like, Jamie, you're, like, you're kind of doing like pastoral work in people's houses when you're doing, you know. And like, I've heard that from hairdressers, you know, yeah. barbers. You become somebody's therapist in their chair, and you, you become their therapist in their home. When you're in there, you know, you're, you're talking about something. And then God gives you opportunities to listen and to speak into their lives, even from your own pain, your own brokenness, you know. And I mean, from the outside looking in, your marriage is perfect, but I know it's not, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, you <laughs> I know, I said that pretty quick. So <laughs> <laughs> I, said, no. uh, I said a little bit tongue in cheek because I just know that n- none are right. Like we all we're people, right? right? And imperfect people doing perfect people things, and we screw up. And thank God for grace and His love mm. for us, but. The thing is, is that even with the gathering house, like I remember going there for the first time and you just being like, you lighting up and you're like, I want everybody to use this. I want whatever they want to use it for, blah, 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 blah. And most people, when they have something like that, it's like, yeah, like we're excited. We're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And you're like, no, I want these people to come here. I've talked to these people and I just want to open it up. And I just feel like you've stewarded this, all of it in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. And... If all of us could get our life to that place, you know, and then I look at little details like Jamie, you sharing, you know, a week or two ago about the fact that your house is messed up in the hurricane that you just moved into. And now you're staying in a rental that you completely redesigned Mm -hmm. for other people to have a space and you're in a space that you like because you created it. And it's like, I don't understand how all of this works sometimes when the way things happen in our life, but it's almost like God, I can almost picture Elijah saying, hey, Jesus, like, mom and dad need to go stay at this house. <laughs> like, I can picture that conversation because that kind of detail is so, and in a time and a place where this is a hot place to be, and it just happened to be available hmm. for you guys when you needed it, and you designed yeah, that was pretty unbelievable, actually. I'm still, yeah, I haven't processed all that. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah, we, we all got a little bit of hurricane fatigue going on. There's a lot of things. So <laughs> This is probably even more emotionally charged episode because of life in general yes, right now yes. on top of all the other stuff. But I just want to, let's kind of bring this, wrap it up a little bit. Um, not because I can't talk to you guys all day because I can. There's going to be other chapters in your life where we're going to be able to share it. The thing is, is that when I look at your all's life and my understanding of the chapters I've been a part of and kind of got leading to this place to where you're at right now in this season of life, nothing is wasted. Mm. He uses every single broken piece, every piece of pain in our life for a purpose. And we don't always get to see it. But like, I'm I, I, honest to God, like there's churches that are smaller than the amount of people you had gathering for dinner. And there's churches that have dinners at their church every single week. And they can't get 10 people to come eat their crappy macaroni that's been in the crock pot for 10 hours. 
And you guys were feeding hundreds of people. Like God, God can trust you with that. And he is. And I'm just excited to see what he does and in your life and through your life and through your story and however this iteration continues to reverb out of your life whether it be via a podcast or book or whatever in the future that God's going to do through you guys um, I just I really want to affirm you in that that I, be- I really believe with conviction that you guys have stewarded this well you don't have to worry as much as you are a details person you're a big dreamer too, but you don't have to worry about all of the details because God's going to handle a lot of that stuff. And it's amazing how he's already bringing people into your life to help you guys kind of navigate that. And so, so people want to know more about the dwelling place, gathering house. What is the best way for them to do that? Well, thank you for that um, affirmation for one. Thank you. I aim to please. <laughs> and God coordinated a great cook. To yes, come to, to come feed those people. We have only known for a few weeks. That's that's amazing because I only, I got the one meal, but it was, I was like, was this is good. better than some restaurants so, around here. I know it was he's, good. He's amazing. Yeah, and he had had he had money donated to him to start cooking on it with a smoker, and he just needed a base camp. And I, I said, come it. on, here we go. Got connected to we were Yeah, we were praying over the house and wondering how it could be. You know, but we we said last week with, through the hurricane and all that that like gathering houses like beaming like just so like it was built and designed for that. Yep. <laughs> like for that kind of a thing. Well, and for you guys to have the parking lot the way that you have it, yeah, and where it's at, and yeah, like, it's like directly connected like to the main bridge right there, the main road that comes from the other side of the water. It's just like I don't know. There's a lot. Of I cool know. I know. Could go on all day, but. You ask how people could get connected or find out yeah. more, and um, our website is really the best place to do that. So that's dwellingplaceproject.org. And um, we've got uh, several different options to like get involved. Um, one of the ways is membership. It's a $35 a month where you can come and be a part of it, and you get um, a couple little perks with it. You get a mailbox light where you're connected to community. You can register it online and see all the lights spreading throughout the U.S., which is pretty cool, um, and you get some vouchers to come to things, two vouchers to come to things throughout the year where you won't have to pay, so you're a member of the house and uh, get to experience some things um, as a member, and uh, then we've got Evening of the, Under the Stars coming up, which is our third annual, so um, this is a special dinner that we're having, and um, the hurricane almost... Like, we thought about canceling, and then we thought, nope, this is what we're here for. We're here for good times and bad, and it might look a little different this year, but that's okay. Like, we're coming together for good, and... Um, what day was that? So, that's on <laughs> November 10th, <laughs> Thursday. You legitimately maybe didn't know. <laughs> He's queuing it up. <laughs> queuing it up. Hey, thanks, I, I want to say something about that. So, I just listened to a podcast last night about this, and this guy's a big counselor, and he has this awesome organization. But they were asking him about his kids, mm-hmm. and he like drew a blank. And he said, "I can sum up being a dad and a husband by saying this: I really, really, really care, but I don't know." Yeah. And I was like, "Man, I, I get that. It's real. Yeah. I, like, it's I real get that. Yeah. Like I am fully invested, and there's moments I am still completely lost." Yeah. <laughs> so that's all right. No, it's good. So uh, we did, we simple, we simplified it. It was going to be like a two day event, but now we're just doing the dinner. It's a Thursday evening, um, six to nine. We're going to have, um, we're even going to have some like mountainy folk music there, set the tone for the house. And, um, we're going to share, um, a few of the people who've been plugged in to the house going to share like community style what's going on like share some stories so it'll be like a story share of what's been going on at the house this year and um, just a good time to connect with people get a little dressed up if you want to if you don't that's fine too but um, and what's the website url what's the website dwellingplaceproject.org mm-hmm. dwellingplaceproject.org and i am a member y'all so yes he I'm, is. I'm good with y'all being members <laughs> and i'm not going to take the credit for the subscription model but but I, you should but i did recommend it you did a long time ago and i love how jamie is always a big dreamer because i said jamie if you would figure out a way for me to give you 20 dollars a month i would 
And then she said, by the way, you can do that now. It's $35. And I said, man, that's we cool. Just that's <laughs> so, so I love the fact that Jamie took it. She's like, I'm going to multiply that. And uh, that's a good number, too. So um, so I thought I thought that was awesome. But So I am a, a big believer in what you guys are doing, but also in you. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been uh, incredibly supportive of me, too. And uh, I'm just excited to see what this becomes. And i got to be honest with you. I have a, I have a friend that has an organization that has a desire to have a place um, not like the Gathering House, mm-hmm. but to create space like the Gathering House. Mm-hmm. And he's been trying to work on it for years. And he's got an organization, and he's got a, all these groups of people. But I believe that in the future there's going to be other people that are going to be coming to you guys. And like we have a vision for something like this in our area. Mm-hmm. And I can see you guys investing in people in that too. I love that. And I think it's going to be awesome. And the truth is, is that as hard as it is to talk about Elijah's loss, there are so many people that have walked through loss alone. Hmm. And not to say that you don't still hurt because of it, but where your perspective is from that day, there are so many people that are still stuck in that moment. And God's going to use your guy's story and his story to help bring them to a place of starting to heal. It doesn't replace him, but a place of healing uh, that can come through that process. And um, we don't want that. You know, I want the muscles without going to the gym, but mm-hmm. muscles don't grow without tearing. And I don't want the tearing. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like some of the things I've experienced in this season of my life, I never wanted to have a divorce to get here. And I never would have chosen that path. And I do not highly recommend, do not highly recommend that um, (laughs) by any means. But God has used it. And um, and at times when I still struggle and process different things, infertility in my life, all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. Like God uses those painful things. Absolutely. And uh, that's part of the redemptive work of him. So I thank you guys so much for taking some time to share. And I know in the future we'll be having you on to share some more. And there's somebody listening to this. And they're trying to figure out which way is up in their life. Maybe they've had an intersection like you've had. And maybe it wasn't with a son. Maybe it was with somebody else or something else. But it was tragic. It was out of nowhere. And they're just trying to figure out which way is up. If you could encourage them with one thing. And it doesn't have to be the ultimate thing. It doesn't have to be the right thing. But from where you're at right now, if you could encourage them with one thing. Maybe both of you guys answer this. Maybe your thing may be the same, but it might be different. What's one word that you could speak into their life with where they're at? I've thought about, like, throwing this in. It's been on my heart since we, like, mid-conversation here, but about um, you and I were talking about Job. Pastor Jimmy and I were talking about Job not too long ago, and you were you were saying, like, all of these things happened to Job, and, you know, he was blessed, like, twice over after he went through all the all the trials and the tribulations and the losses, and but you told me how you get kind of frustrated with that story because, like, you know the wounds are still there. And that's something that's just been um, processing in my heart is like, you know, you have these intersections, like you're saying, or these these losses or these big things in your life. And, and you think that, like you said, you don't know which way is up, but um, it's never going to be, it's never going to be gone. It's not going to be, I don't know if this is uplifting or not, but it's not going to be, it's never going to go away. The grief is never going to go away. These things are never going to go away. There's always wounds to, you know, remind you of that. But um, it will look different in different seasons of your life. And so just to to press on and to try to find the good and to be okay with bad days. Yeah. But um, but don't get stuck there. Just keep, keep moving and um, find community, find people who you can surround you and, and root you on um, 
think that's a big that's a big part of when you get isolated and alone you know darkness you know that's that's a hard place to be and it there's a lot of things fester there but if you get out and talk to people and open up and find real friendship and um that's very life-giving so i would just encourage you if you're uh, doing life alone to to uh, find someone you can trust and um, put yourself out there to to open up and share your story a little bit and start seeing some of the goodness and how God can use it and not waste that for sure well I think that, that release that pressure valve for some people of like is this going to get better mm. it may not mm-hmm. but you can yes yes you know and that thing I mean me and Dr. Les talked about it on the podcast and Job came up in his story he brought mm-hmm. Job up and so I ended up sharing that thought with him on that mm-hmm. too about that you know yeah Job gets blessed with all these things but he still has tombstones with his kids names on them yes you know and um, that doesn't change that mm-hmm. and um, but it doesn't get better you get better mm-hmm. and it's still there so thank you for sharing and the community part too mm-hmm. what about you Matt what's, what's kind of top of mind for you right now yeah I would just say uh, um yeah, stick with it. Uh, just believe in yourself, believe in the Lord, and keep moving. Uh, you don't have to leave everything behind uh, to move on. Take it with you. Use it as keys and tools along the way because God's got everything laid out, right? But if you don't move, I don't know that there's anything He can do. Yeah. Like, He can do anything He wants, but like... You have to take some... You have to initiative. take some initiative and... Hmm. It's not going to get any easier, but you will get better if you move uh, in a positive direction. And yeah, you're going to get calloused, and it's, you know, there's going to be some big scars, but like, you know, it's, it's, uh, you will get better, like, at, you know, your story that life's, you know, God, God's story for you, you know, like, you're going to get, you know, keep keep believing and you will get there. And, yeah, just know that your pain is real. Mm-hmm. Like, that your story matters, right? Yeah. Like, that my husband or my son or my wife or, you know, people don't understand. They can't understand because it's God's story for you or you and your wife, you know. So. Yeah. Well, I, the, when you were talking about it, there's a song, old song by Daryl Evans called your love is extravagant and he says i find i'm moving by the rhythms of your grace you know and we you know i I think about that when people have major surgeries they try to get them up out of bed right away get you moving yeah it's like you replace your knee or your hip and literally the day of they get you out of bed and why are you doing this to me yeah and and in my head as somebody that hasn't had a knee replacement or a hip replacement (laughs) i think why but they know if you don't get up and move, it's going to get harder. Yes, that's and a good point. I've heard the Cray say that in one of his songs. He talked about you either get better or you get better. Mm. And uh, I remember when I fell on the, one of the bike rides, and I hit the ground at like 17 miles an hour. And um, I'm a big, I'm a big dude, and, and uh, the way that I hit the ground, I should have shattered my leg, my knee. I don't know how I didn't, but it looked real bad. But I remember at that point. Uh, I knew that I still had, like, I think 30 or 40 miles still to go. And I knew that if I didn't move my leg because it was getting stiff. So I chose to finish the 80-mile day, and I don't think I could have walked the next day if I hadn't done that. Mm. But as that swelling and the pain and all of those things, now my blood's pumping through it. And, you know, I think God does work in that as we take those steps and as we move. Well... Jamie and Matt, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. I love y'all. We love you too, Jimmy. And uh, I know that there are a lot of people that are walking through some stuff. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, even this hurricane has been super stressful for a lot of people. There's been a lot of loss, and you guys have experienced some of that, being upended even out of your house and having a lot of stuff you've had to do while you're trying to care for other people. And uh, I know that that doesn't even kind of compete with the loss of Elijah. But for some people, they've lost family in this storm, too. And there's a lot of people that have processed loss in some way or have gone through loss and maybe they haven't processed it yet. They're starting to. 
I know your story is going to bring a lot of hope to a lot of people. So I appreciate you sharing that and giving us the opportunity to steward that well and uh, with our followers and audience. And um, just love you guys. I'm excited to see what's going on. And make sure uh, that you go check out the website. Dwellingplaceproject.org. Yeah, go check it out. <laughs> and uh, if you feel so inclined, I would encourage you to become a supporter. If you want to be a part of changing lives and changing families, uh, this is a great opportunity. And anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I'm connected to a lot of people that are doing a lot of great things in the world. Uh, but I'm not able to support all of those things. And this is one of the things that me and my wife have chosen to support. And, um, and so we're thankful for that and thankful for you guys. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much. God bless. God, I thank you so much for my dear brother and sister. Thank you for Elijah. Thank you for his little brothers. Thank you for their family. I thank you for their story. I thank you for being faithful in their story. And you're the author and finisher of all of our faith. And just as you've been faithful in their life, even through the really, really hard things, there are some folks listening to this that are struggling right now. And God, I just pray in a capacity that only you're capable of, that you would minister to them, that you would speak hope into their life that they would see the light breaking through the cracks of the broken pieces. And God, that you can even do something beautiful with the hurt and the pain and all of that. God, we don't belittle those things that we feel that we walk through. But God, we thank you so much when you don't calm the storm that you ride it out with us. And we thank you for the butchers and the way that you've done that in their life. And you're going to continue to minister to them and use them to continue to minister to others. God, you do that in all of our lives. Help us to trust you with it. God, we thank you so much for who you are and the way you love us and the way you stay present. Even in the midst of the darkest moments in our life, you break through with your light. We thank you for it. Pray blessings over my friends that are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us, friends. Regardless of what you may be facing, keep breathing. God bless you. Until next time.